Welcome to the Living the Dream Podcast with Curveball. If you believe, you can achieve. Hello and welcome to another episode of Living the Dream with Curveball. I'm your host, Curveball, and today I am joined by Randy Gage. He is an author and a speaker that will make you change your thinking in business and in life. Randy, thank you for joining me today. Hey, great to be on with you. Hey, why don't you start off by explaining to everybody a little bit about yourself, giving a little background, maybe where you're from and anything else you might want the audience to know. Uh, these days, I'm busy mostly as a entrepreneur and a writer. Uh, I've got my 14th book coming out at uh, January 12th, which is called Radical Rebirth. And it's a book about how to kill off the old you <laughs> and create a new version of you. And I feel like it's kind of the culmination of my life's work. All of the books I've written, the personal development journey I've been on, my entrepreneurial journeys, that I, I feel like it's about being able to reinvent yourself and, and keep growing. The book is really designed to help people reach the highest possible version of themselves. And that's so that's very parallel with what I'm all about as a person. So that's, I think the new book speaks very accurately about who I am and what I'm about as well. Well, let's talk about how did you get into writing and what, what made you get on the journey that you're now currently on? Well, I was uh, in marketing and I was in direct sales, direct selling and I was starting to be successful, and but I noticed there were people in my team that weren't successful, and I thought I should start a, a school for them and, and train them on how to be successful. And so, like, once a month, I would do that, and then people from other teams started asking to, to sit in on it and People started flying in from California and New York down to Miami to sit in on it. And then people started asking me to fly to other cities and do the training there. And how much would I charge for that? And that led to me being a, becoming a professional speaker, which is a, a profession I didn't even know existed at that time. Uh, but that was probably 1991. I've been, since then, I've spoken to more than 2 million people. I've spoken in more than 50 countries. I was inducted into the Speaker Hall of Fame uh, three or four years ago. So it just kind of been a one of those serendipity things that I never really planned, but it it happened because I was open to it and I was willing to put in the work. Now, that is something that I didn't know existed. Explain to the audience what the Speaker Hall of Fame is and what, what you have to do to qualify to be inducted. 
Yeah, a lot of people don't know. It's uh, run or hosted by the National Speakers Association, which has been around for 40 or 50 years, I think. Started by uh, some the speakers of that day, Bill Gove, Cavett, Robert, some of the pioneers in the speaking profession. Somewhere along the way, they started that Hall of Fame. Up to five people can be inducted each year. It'd be a lot of people you would expect, right? Uh, Robert Schuler and Augmandino and Les Brown and Colin Powell and uh, a lot of uh, really extraordinary speakers. And then each year, the the members of the Hall of Fame uh, vote on who gets inducted uh, that year. And so people get nominated and there might be 60 or 80 people nominated and they'll whittle it down to uh, like 10 or 15. And then there's a kind of the equivalent of a veterans committee like you'd see in baseball or football. And uh, they vote on up to five people that they induct each year. And it's done by your your platform proficiency. Are you relevant? Are you successful in the marketplace? Are your clients happy with you? Are you a world-class presenter? The, the kind of criteria you would expect. Now, I saw in your bio to where you said you transform yourself in a jail cell. Can you explain to everybody what you meant by that? Yeah, I was in jail at 15 years old for armed robbery and burglaries. I was a teenage alcoholic. I was a teenage drug addict. So I had obviously (laughs) made a lot of poor choices along the way and zigged when I should have zagged. So that was kind of a a bump in the road along the way. Uh, But I was really fortunate and blessed. I had people who believed in me. I got another chance. There was a public defender who believed in me, and I was able to get probation and remake my life. So I was was very blessed in that way. You know, but I... I did need to change the way I was living, right? <laughs> Absolutely. So how long were you in there and what was that experience like being in there so young? And how did you manage to stay strong while you were in there or try to get yourself back on the right track? I it was I was in there for months uh, because there was no bail for me. Uh, so I was in there until the trial came about and, uh, then I was released at the trial, you know, when they gave, when the judge gave me probation, but I was in there for some number of months and it was, you know, horrible time, but I, uh, I kinda, I think the first night in jail there was the, was the tipping point or the the moment of realization when I just said, okay, I think this path I'm on is not the one that I want to remain on. So I had mentally made the, the, the shift in my mind that, okay, this was not the kind of life I wanted to live. 
And I was really blessed. Uh, one day there were some jangling keys and the, the lock turned in my cell door and opened. And this man walked in who I had no idea who he was. And his name was Baxter Richardson. And he was a school teacher. And he was the father of uh, my best friend in school, his girlfriend. So she went home and told her dad, oh, man, Randy's in jail. You got to help him somehow. And so he came in to see me. And uh, he told me, you don't belong here. You're capable of great things. And I thought, okay, this this guy's crazy. You know, obviously he has no idea who he's talking to. And I kind of shared that thought. And he said, no, I do. I talked to your teachers. I called every one of them. Um, they told me, you know, I, one of your teachers told me you skipped school for three weeks straight and then you would come in and ace a test. Uh, your reading comprehension level is higher than college level. And then I think kind of saved me as I love to read. So because I was a reader. Right. So so he he you know, I desperately wanted to believe what he was telling me. And I think because I believed it, it was true. Right. And if I wouldn't have believed it, it wouldn't have been true. But I chose to believe it. So it was true for me knowing that he believed in me and he was, he worked to get me enrolled. There was a experimental school taking place in my city called school without walls. And so he pulled some strings that I would be able to get in there if I got probation and someone promised a job for me, if I got probation and this public defender believed in me. So I kind of, because I had that support, I was able to just stay busy reading every day, doing crossword puzzles, volunteering for the, the you know, there were things you could do as an inmate that, you know, would help clean in the rec room area or whatever. So I did stuff like that and just holding the hope that when I got in front of the judge, things would be better. So not only do you have 14 books, but you're also a New York Times bestseller. Just kind of go through all of your books and just kind of give a brief overview of what listeners can expect if they read your books. Well, I have a, a five book series on prosperity, and those are short, quick read books. They're kind of they're sold as a set and they're about the principles of prosperity. I have a couple books that are really for entrepreneurs. That would be the risky is the new safe one and the mad genius one about how to be an entrepreneur, creative thinking, how to get in front of trends, things like that. And then I have three books in direct selling uh, for people who are in that. If you're in, you know, party plan, direct selling, uh, leverage sales companies. And then the new one coming out, which is really, again, back towards the personal development and growth, like the five prosperity books. And that's so that would be the one I would say for, you know, if someone wanted to start and say, OK, where do I begin with you? Get the new book because I feel it's the best work I've done yet. And I think it's really applicable to everybody who would want to become a higher version of themselves. 
Are there any other projects that you're working on at this time that you would like listeners to know about any speaking engagements or anything like that? Well, best thing is to go to my website, randygage.com. I have a blog there that I post at least uh, three, two, three, four times a week, just free articles on success and prosperity marketing. Uh, I have a podcast of my own called the Power Prosperity Podcast. And that's on, you know, iTunes, Apple, Spotify, all of, you know, like 15 different platforms. So there's lots of free content on success and prosperity. Uh, and really, you could find me anywhere on from randygage.com. And I kind of interact with people the most on Twitter. It's probably the best place to connect with me if someone is wants to interact. Well, let's go ahead and plug your podcast. Tell us what it's all about and what listeners can expect when they listen to it. Well, again, so it's called Power Prosperity Podcast. So every show is exclusively something to do with how to manifest more prosperity in your life. And uh, I do interview some of my really cool, successful friends from time to time. So it's it's like many traditional podcasts on some episodes where it just be somebody who's a real successful entrepreneur or a brilliant creative person like Steve, Stephen Pressfield, the author of Legend of Bagger Vance and The War of Art and God, like 30 amazing books. I'll be doing another show with him. I've had him on before. We're going to do another show with, with him in a couple of weeks. So when I have friends like that, that I, I think really have lessons for my listeners, I'll bring them on and just have a casual conversation. And then the other time, it's just me where I just pick a topic that I think is important in terms of helping you create more prosperity. And then I some shows are 10 minutes and some shows are an hour and a half. I just go with wherever the uh, the topic deserves and and I don't really have any template or formula that I stick to. I just try to go where the, where the content warrants it. Yeah, I know I'm going to be interviewing one of your friends, Chad. He definitely has an amazing story. So that's how I kind of caught your podcast and, and checked it out. So it definitely is a good podcast. So listeners, make sure you check it out. No, well, I was just going to say, yeah, Chad Hymas, uh, you're going to have a great time interviewing him. Your listeners are going to adore him. He's just uh, one of the uh, one of the most inspirational people you'll ever meet. Are there any other topics that you want to talk about that we haven't talked about yet? Uh, I would just tell people, uh, I think that it looks there are certainly you could make the case that it's dark times now because of the COVID pandemic. But keep in mind that every challenge offers some corresponding opportunity. I have a friend who's uh, immigrated here from the Philippines. He's a nurse. I just got a, a WhatsApp message from him like 10 minutes before we started recording. He's his hospital needs more nurses. He's getting paid double time for every extra shift he does. So he's actually it's turning out very prosperous for him. Right. 
if you're if you own Zoom or you know Shopify or Spotify or any of these tech companies, right? This the lockdowns and the quarantines have been the biggest boon for their business ever. Myself, same thing. I think I probably like most people got impacted really hard. I had a lot of speeches all over the world that got canceled. And so I had to adjust, right? I changed my business model. I'm doing a lot of virtual presentations now, you know, live streaming. And that's just the way it is. So you you do what you got to do to get by, but know that there, there always is uh, hidden opportunities and all that stuff if we're open to look for those lessons. So it's just really important to keep that in mind as we go through these difficult times. So let me just ask you a real quick question. You said you spoke in over 50 countries. So how many languages do you know? Well, I speak English. I'm pretty much fluent in Spanish and I uh, am learning French. Uh, but most of my speeches are uh, done with, you know, in foreign languages, they're done with interpreters there that, you know, simultaneous translation and people be wearing headsets. I have done a couple of speeches in Spanish now, uh, but that's more recent. Uh, I used to be, I always had an interpreter. Uh, now I feel a little more comfortable doing them in Spanish. Absolutely. Listeners, if you want to connect to Randy, go to randygage.com and please make sure to subscribe, rate, and review after listening to the show. Randy, thank you so much for joining me today. All right. Thanks for having me on. For more information on the Living the Dream podcast, visit www.djcurveball.com. Until next time, stay focused on living the dream. dream.